Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. Uh, Mark, I wanted to thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Um, I, I know I had to reschedule. I, I, as you know, I broke my hip and that was a whole fun little affair, but uh, I'm healing very quickly. So thanks again for your patience. Uh, Mark, if you could just start with a, yeah, if you could just start with a quick bio on yourself and then we can get into it. Yeah, sure. I do. Um, I'm a video content creator for brands, so video producer for, for brands. So I, kind of help them with their video needs and content. Um, remotely I do it, so I don't kind of uh, go to, go to their place and, and film, although that can be arranged. Um, but I like to create gorgeous, dumpy video for brands to help them connect with their audience. That's what I do, also consult as well. Got it, and uh, what, what do you think attracted you to this to this space? How did you initially get into this? What was your catalyst point? Do you know, I was doing sales for a long time, so I used to do recruitment sales for a lot of uh, job boards and job websites and things like that and then uh, left a particular job and my half brother said to me said you should get into video because you're really passionate about that um, I've done various kind of video projects uh, random video projects all the time while I had a nine-to-five job and so my half brother knew that that was kind of my passion that's what I should be doing and um, so I investigated the idea of getting into video, I kind of taught myself video editing, you know, did a thing where you go into YouTube and you um, search how to edit using Final Cut or Adobe and did that, you know, 15 minute video on that. And I thought, oh, I could do this. And then I downloaded, um, you know, looked at some more videos on YouTube and kind of taught myself editing some basic content creation and did the, the general thing of going on the internet on various websites, learning, and teach myself video and, and try to find myself clients and, 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 and uh, that kind of thing. But then you had to learn how to find clients. So I had a, a whole journey with that and I had to speak to various experts about that and to, to learn how to find clients and, and, you know, to where I'm at this, at this point where I've got clients, I'm talking to people and I've got a network of people I can talk to and, and help service their problems and create their videos. And it's been an enjoyable journey for me to kind of, you know, do something where you can get up in the morning and it's what you're meant to be doing. It's what you're passionate about. And you can really contribute to someone's, uh, their goals and contribute back to the world with what you're supposed to be doing. So, you know. Yeah. And what would you say the, the biggest problem that, uh, that we're all solving here with, with video truly is? Um, I think there's a, there's a kind of misconception that video can be expensive. Um, you know, it's it's not always the cheapest thing, but it doesn't mean it's expensive. It doesn't provide value. Uh, with video, video allows you to connect with your audience in a way that text can't. And that's not to say text has definitely got a place. I mean, a lot of my posts on LinkedIn are, are text because it's just really quick to kind of, you can, up, you can literally type up a text post in like literally seconds and get it out and get on with it. Um, but video is a great way of connecting with your audience with connecting emotionally with your audience and um, just connecting at a deeper, deeper level of your audience so they can get to know you quicker. Um, it's also a good way for them to get
get a feel of your brand by the way the video is put together, by the way the you know, it could be the graphics, it could be the way it's kind of the production values and things like that. So it you know, so it's getting across that message and also getting across a message that video has value for any brand or business. You know, there's a lot of businesses that don't use video at all, and they're doing really great. They're, they're, they'll survive without video. But if I added video to their marketing mix, it will, you know, can take their business to another area of opportunity, whether it's revenue-wise or opportunity-wise. So um, that's they're a the couple of things I've come across. And what would you say the the biggest the biggest kind of friction points that you might face are? with with folks that are that are new to video what are what are some of the objections that you might hear again it's it's it's, it's definitely the cost thing it's definitely can, can this uh fulfill my brand's objectives you know um and the complexity they believe it might be complex as well to kind of they have an idea that you know they want to work with an influence and they need videos to supply to that influence or what have you and it, it it could be a complicated issue of getting maybe they need talent maybe they need film of their products maybe they need they want comedy um and there is a level of complexity but it's that's something i take off their heads and kind of figure out a solution and say look this is how we're going to solve that issue this is how we're going to get get this done for you um so this is their their headache they've got a business to run they don't want to they think they have to think these things through and that, that's not what i have to do it's kind of like you put it onto your video person and they go away and think about it and outsource it or whatever they have to do so the only thing they need to do is kind of you know make sure we've got their ica nailed down the ideal their audience who their audience is um what their audience wants to say what their audience wants to feel or experience with their brand what their brand stands for um what the mission statement is, what the company values are, those kind of things, those need to be communicated. Um, the goals of the marketing, the video marketing uh, campaign needs to be kind of, you know, quantified, you know, is it, is it views, is it revenue, is it combination above, what are the numbers you need to hit, how are we gonna measure that? Um, and also an overall marketing objective for the brand needs to be communicated so we can see how this fits in with everything else they're doing. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, some of the some of the the objections that, that I've heard is uh, are that people don't necessarily feel comfortable in the video medium that they're used to having it be more of a corporate entity. Any type of communication that's done for the business is done in more of an agnostic kind of corporate voice. You know, there's some folks that might suffer from imposter syndrome yeah. some folks that might suffer from this idea that uh you know they should not be the spokesperson it should be someone else and then who is that person ultimately is it a gun for hire is it an actor is it the ceo you know we're we're really trying to evangelize this idea that everyone has the opportunity you know it doesn't matter really who you are uh if you work at a company if you're working for a common goal if you have a story to tell if you're honest and authentic and you have um, either simple technology or someone like yourself, Mark, to support them, that they can become a, a visual storyteller. Um, what is your What is your take on that? Um, I've come across that. It's not so much an objection for me. I can get around those objections quite easily and just say, um, you you know, you've only got to look look at people like Gary Vaynerchuk and people like that. You know, they're they're using video 
all day, every day, and they chuck out rough video and some of the people that get in front, front of the camera there for that brand and for Gary, they're not professionals in front of the camera and they just do it, you know? And some of them, you know, they just they just get behind the camera and that's all I say to kind of um, people. Your company, people want to see you, they want to see your company, they want to see your flaws. If they come across on camera, you know, they want to see rough camera work occasionally. Um, if you need to get, you know, if you want to get talent, we can get talent. If you don't want to get talent, we don't have to get talent. Whatever is the truth is the truth, you know, that you need to get in front of the camera. So um, it's not an objection. It's just making people feel comfortable with it doesn't have to be corporate, you know. So um, I think a lot of the brands I deal with, they're not so that corporate in nature that they're stuck in the past with that kind of mentality. That, that's quite, a, that's quite an, a, a traditional uh, value to have, but it must be corporate and it must be kind of a bit stiff and a bit stifled. Um, I think people, a lot of brands these days are aware that kind of there's a lot of leeway now for kind of, um, you know, this kind of film work, this kind of presentation from a uh, star from a certain person and things like that. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. Imposter syndrome is again. Um, there are things you can do to help people get through the imposter syndrome. There's little techniques you can do and things like that to to help them. Um, and that's just you know a confidence builder thing. They need to come across. They need to get over themselves, and and that's something I've got some techniques for that so but again it's a it's a conversation when you when you speak to someone about because a conversation you're having you build up the confidence there about all these things you just mentioned so that's the thing okay so you mentioned that you have some techniques for imposter syndrome the last time that I felt imposter syndrome was uh, I there's probably two or three notable times where I felt it in my life one of them was I was called to be a, a keynote speaker in a subject matter that I was not an expert in and yeah. they knew I wasn't a subject matter expert in this topic. They wanted to bring me there because I had a different perspective on it. They were specifically looking for that, but I still felt it. Yeah. And I remember that. Another, another one, another time that I felt it, another time that I continue to feel it sometimes is if I'm playing music with my band and, and I start to sing because I'm just not a singer. I'm a percussionist and I'm sometimes a guitarist. But the second that you put me on a microphone, I, I feel it dramatically. So I kind of feel comfortable in the in the background realm. <laughs> what, yeah, are, yeah. Uh, what are what are some what are some ways that we all can get over that when we I mean, some basic ones. I mean, I've just learned learned about this recently because something, you know, even I everyone has to deal with it just at some level. And it can translate to anxiety, just anxiety, and that could be the root cause is imposter syndrome. Um, there's certain things you can do, which is kind of you get a pen and paper and you write down all the thoughts associated with the activities you're going to do. So I'm, you know, when it comes to singing, I don't think my singing is as good as, you know, Whitney Houston's. You know, that could be a belief that you have. You know, these people will hate me. My haters want me to fail. You write down all the thoughts associated with that. Um, and there's things you do with those kind of thoughts and you can kind of write down counter thoughts against that that are positive so you can write down a counter thought to my singing voice isn't as good as Whitney Houston's is um but it's as good as somebody else with my level of 
it's as good as, as somebody else with my level is, is experience or something like that. So, um, and it's the same with video. So you can do things like that. That takes a bit of time. You sit down and do it. The other thing you can do is brute force is kind of like just do the activity as much as you can, you know, with a positive mindset. And that's another way you can do it. So there's two things you can do. So, um, that, but the, the writing down with pen and paper and writing down your dysfunctional thoughts is definitely important because you need to, you're not dealing with them. Okay. Mm. So you know, have to dealt with and kind of uh, convert to something different. Now, we'll, when, when we're talking about video marketing and someone getting in front of the camera, um, they might not want to do any of this kind of stuff. They might not be into, you know, uh, assessing their beliefs and stuff. So all you need to, I mean, in that kind of case, you're just going to, on various calls, um, you're just going to, you know, build build the confidence up and say, look, it's all going to be taken care of. We're going to look after you on a day. And, and that will alleviate some of their fears because you're kind of coaching them and cradling them through the experience. That's what you're going to do because a lot of business executives won't want to assess their beliefs. So, you know. Yeah, well said. Well said. So at what point did you did you get completely comfortable on camera? Was there was there an unlock moment for you or was it just something that happened just gradually? Um, I've kind of what I've done. I'm, I mean, I'm not 100 percent com comfortable on camera. Um, it's something it's not always on demand. And that's the key thing, you know, but um, what I do is, you know, I did it with brute force. So what you can do, another thing you can do, an executive can do is we all have cameras in our pockets now, you know, in our cell phones, is get the camera out, you know, once a day and record yourself on camera on your cell phone and then delete the video, whatever, or look at it, assess the video and assess one thing that you change in the video that you want to improve on and then um, do the same thing the next day and try and improve that one thing. So that's one thing you can do. And that's kind of something I did, but not kind of, I didn't do that every day. Just anytime I did a LinkedIn video, um, I just endeavor to improve um, on every video. And also I did a rolling take. So instead of stopping a video at the end thinking, oh, that's a rubbish take, just keep the video going and go straight into the next take and then delete the bad takes in front of the good take that you want to keep. And then you learn far quicker. So that's one thing an executive can do is kind of to get over their fear of being on camera because it's exactly the same as the big cameras it's your imposter syndrome is gonna come up on a cell phone camera as it is on a big camera. So that's one way you can kind of help out. So that's what I did, but also I've done various courses and stuff, you know, online courses on U Udemy. There's a few courses that, that cover that area of um, competence uh, to get good on camera because it isn't quite, it's quite important now to be, um, have this kind of skill set because now you've got to put video on LinkedIn, you've got you know put video on YouTube, you've got to build your personal brand. So it's not something uh, a skill set that you should just kind of let it grow by itself. You should nurture it and grow it to help give your your personal brand the best chance of of uh, shining. You know. Yeah, I, I tend to I tend to agree with basically everything you just said. I, I think of tennis, you know, and I think of when tennis players want to rehearse, they they go to the court and they can do this alone. They can do this with a coach. They can do this with a friend. There's a bucket of balls. And those yeah. balls are practices, hundreds, 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 repetition over and over and over again. And a lot of people don't realize that 
every aspect of our lives needs that type of, you know, repetitive training, getting the kinks out, practicing, rehearsing. That is what makes us good. And frankly, that's what makes us comfortable, you know, but most of us just don't see it. We don't see it when a tennis player, a professional tennis player is practicing. We just see them on the court. <laughs> we see yeah, them yeah. winning and, and just doing it in the way that they're doing it. But it's behind the scenes, really, I think that uh, that we all become experts, you know, and and I think that's really important to remember. I and think um, I think that, that that's so true. And I think one of the key things so people will not have the time to kind of get good at several competencies they need to get good at. You know, it's not just, you know, being good on camera. It could be something in a business, um, running a podcast. It could be all kinds of things that need practice. So we've got a problem. So what, what do we do? Spend an hour, spend a half an hour practicing on a certain thing, then you're going to neglect something else. So what you need to do is schedule kind of thin slice it and then, you know, do 10 minutes. Just do one video. And that takes like, and record one minute. And just do, do one minute a day to do another minute another day like the next day and then the day after that and that's your video practice and that'll build up so it's far more important to kind of stretch your practice over time over you know days and weeks and months and to do a whole block in one day because you're going to get you it's going to build into your habit into your muscle memory much better over time than it is in one day your muscle memory won't expand in one day i, I find anyway so so you, you you're trying to you know really build that muscle memory for all these things because on camera you've got to kind of you, you should be looking at the the lens all the time and sometimes you're going to forget to do that you should be smiling you should do vocal exercises to make sure your voice is clear um there's you know diction on, on all kinds of stuff you've got to be doing um that have to be practiced so that's not something you're going to do in just half an hour you're going to learn the basics but you need to get it into muscle memory yeah so tell me this what is uh what is kind of like a, a nightmare story that you you dealt with in video production? The thing that I always think about is that the more variables that there are in something, the more things that can go wrong. <laughs> you know, and I think that there's there's some essence and there's some beauty of getting to the simplicity, but yeah. with technology, it's it's hard to attain that because we're constantly kind of balancing so many factors, so many variables. Um, so whatever you're comfortable sharing, I, I'd love to learn about some some kind of experience that you had and from which, of course, you, you learned something great that we could all learn from. Um, I think it's dealing with uh, clients' expectations and kind of uh, dealing with what you can do. I'm always learning. I think that's what I love about this. Is kind of, I remember working with a particular CBD brand and we didn't set the time expectations properly and the this is very early on that you that I, it should have taken a week or whatever to do this project or two weeks or whatever to properly research and go away and come back with a draft and the client wanted, wanted it back in two days and so I, I did what I could in two days and it wasn't to the client's expectations okay and then when I look back on it of course it wasn't and Obviously, we came to an, an arrangement, an agreement, and I got another week or two weeks, or I got four weeks available time to do it in, and that's when the client was, was expecting this new deadline. Um, but I did it in a week because I had time uh, to work on it, and, and it was great to kind of slow down and properly research this particular project, 
um, research particular outcomes, um, the clips, the sounds, and different versions and different drafts. And when I sent it back to the client, the client was just over the moon with joy that the content he received back. Um, I think it resulted in some opportunities, some new for him, because he emailed it out to some, some potential clients. And, you know, so I think that was my kind of big, um, not so much lesson, but kind of, well, yeah, lesson in the fact that when you get time to kind of really craft the project, um, that's where I'm in my zone and the best work is kind of comes out for the client and yourself, you know? So, um, that's one thing I, I do remember and yeah. Setting, setting the expectations. It's oh God, that's, that's always a tough one. You know, you know, the, one of the things that I've suffered with in, in my life, and I think we all have, and I think it, it's all in the spirit of progress and it's all in the spirit of feeling comfortable, which is getting into that editing cycle where mm. edit number one, edit number two, edit number 10, <laughs> and it's just continually going. And sometimes I, I pause and I, and I ask myself, I said, why are we in this editing cycle here? Is it because ultimately we're not comfortable with something with, is there mm. something that's off? You know, are we using editing as a crutch? You know, is this, are we just buying time, you know? Or is it ultimately that we're developing something that we just haven't built the, the 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 brand flavors for? We don't know what our voice is yet. We don't know what the look and feel is. And this is sort of ex experimenting. And I, I think for me, what I've come down to is that if each additional incremental project is takes less time, assuming it's the same production value, then yeah. we're on the same path. But yeah. if we're continually taking the same amount of time and it's actually going the opposite direction and taking more time, then there's some, there's some deeper issue that needs to be resolved. Um, what are yeah. your I mean, that's the kind of thing I work on. I mean, I, I, I know what you mean, but um, it kind of, it's something I'm always working on. Um, but the thing is like my plan is to kind of, I want to, I'll be pushing this work out to other people and uh, I'm doing select work myself. So it's, it's, I've got to learn to communicate that to other others, okay? But um, in the meantime, it's learning how to do things within a set amount of time because, um, you know, you'll have several clients and the work takes a minimum amount of time. Like I can work very fast, but I've got to make sure that work will satisfy what the client is after. Um, and, you're right, if you're doing, a, if the, doing the work in the same amount of time, but it's getting kind of, you're not getting, it's getting worse, the kind of more you do it at the same amount of time, there's something wrong. Um, so it's something I'm always looking to, how, how do I improve the situation because I'm running a business here and I can't be doing that. We can't be spent allowing those kind of, um, kind of sloping progress in my, how I work go down, you know? So, um, and that's what I struggle with is, is figuring that out and making sure I get good. So one of my, one of my, one of my plans is kind of later on in the year is kind of, I'm going to, I've got some mentors for business, but also get some mentors who are doing really great creative work. Um, you know, I've got a list of people who I'm going to get in touch with because I always love to learn and really improve the kind of the creative workflow and the, the, the formulation of ideas, the turn those ideas into a video project and ultimately increasing the value to my clients um, and also taking that knowledge to the people who I'm going to employ um, to say, okay, this is how 
I want the videos that we 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 to produce to 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 come across like you know the aesthetic value and those kind of things. So um, yeah, I agree with everything you say, and that's kind of something I'm always working on. It's kind of a little bit of a paranoia, but a healthy paranoia, you know? Yeah. Well, it's it's I think it's getting ahead of getting ahead of a potential problem, you know. Uh, cool. Well, where where can where can folks find you? I know you're very active on LinkedIn, social media. Give us your handles, your website address. Um, you can go to markwebbers.co.uk. Um, you can email me there. That's probably the most you can do there at the moment. You can also uh, at Mark Webbers for Twitter, um, but on LinkedIn, um, just grab me on there and send me a DM. And yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. Um, I, I encourage folks to connect with Mark on LinkedIn and social channels. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Ruben. Take care. Be well.